No matter how it's looking, pray to God for a cushion I clearly hear him say, look son, everybody gets shook once Remember when tough times rhymes, look up, pick the book up Free your mind, keep your dukes up, fight a good fight He said, with me, you never lose once Don't let your mind get the best of you Stick to me son, watch your time, what the best to do Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to Unleashing the Power of Greatness podcast. This is season two, um, episode one, and I am with my amazing co-host, Mrs. Tracy from Cincinnati. Yes, it's been, um, we've been on, on a little, what, a break, a hiatus? We've been gone so long, I turned 50. How about that? She turned 50, y'all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, so, guys, so today we are going to... Um, Again, this is episode, I mean, season two, episode one. And so we are going to have, you know, every now and again, we're going to have, um, it's called Tea Talk. And our Tea Talk is going to be us spotlighting um, amazing guests, um, them sharing their story and what they have going on, just their walk. Because every single person that we have that comes on our podcast, um, their story is for someone else, right? We know that our stories are not just for us. We know that. So we are going to... Um, highlight others and because we know it's going to bless you guys and we have a special guest but before we get to our guests how's your days and weekends and all that little good stuff being everything is good I am good I'm glad to be here glad to be back on this season one I mean season two episode one I know turn that around yeah we are like doing some things up in here because 2020 we got some big things honey we gonna be this little podcast is gonna be a big a big little podcast big little okay. podcast so how do you feel about what we talked about our, our our segment that we're going to start introducing into our some of our not every podcast will be this way but how you feel I think it's gonna be good and I think change is good I'm I'm a proponent for change so mm-hmm. You know, I think it will be good for the show and um, stay tuned. Keep tuning in. Look, they're popping up already. Yes. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Did y'all miss us? We haven't been on. We, we Our last episode was was in June. Mm-hmm. We have five episodes um, for season one. So you guys go to iTunes, uh, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, and catch up on the episode so you're not lost in the sounds. Okay. And I'm sorry. Y'all know how I am with this technology. I'm trying to get her in here. My book will not stay on my phone. Not. There she is. Hey, y'all. But we do have a special guest today. You yes. Okay. So our guest, yeah, I'm going to give you a, a quick little, 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 our guest is um, someone very, 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 very dear to me. Okay. He's amazing. He's special. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, <laughs> he's my son. Um, He's my, oh, he's our oldest son. And we had a conversation um, recently because as you guys know, uh, my husband, their dad transitioned unexpectedly just three years now and for us in our family and for many but for us in our family it it hasn't gotten better right and so just so he called me he said mom he said i think i want to do my own show and i'm gonna let him i'm gonna let him talk about it and get into it and all that little stuff but i said you know what you'll be our very first guest for season two right um to debut your message so you know drum roll please <laughs> so let's introduce mr Antoine Booker. Mr. Antoine, say hello to Facebook <laughs> world. Yes. Hi, hi, son. What's going on? What's going on? How are you today? Blessed. Yeah, come on now. Wait See? a minute. Just knock me off my chair because Antoine goes way back to the car seat, the stroller. Tell him how old you are, Antoine. 32. Just, <sighs> and a half. Where does the time go, Lord? Okay. 
We talk all the time about when he stole my Twix. Remember that? Oh my God. And, that's was, and my like, Kit Kat. Like that's that's one of her favorite stories. Cause I had it ready. It was cold. It was ready. It was nice and ready. Cleaned and I, up the I, house all house day. Clean. Hey, I'm cleaning, cleaning. And I got my, my snack <laughs> ready. <laughs> and I go to the fridge, fridge, the fridge, and it's gone. And calls me, and all I hear is screaming in the background, <laughs> like thriller or something. But nonetheless, my son is a grown man, and we I want him to just dive right in and tell us, um, you know, what he want to talk about or what he what he wants to share. And I want to also talk about his his brand that he has and how he's going to, you know, help other people, other men. So, let's dig in. Yeah, well, basically, um, basically, my thing was, uh, was big. I, I'm big on, like, right now is just depression as far as, like, um, everybody, I feel like everybody go through it, but no one knows how to speak about it or people don't know that they're going through it or they don't know the symptoms or the signs and, one thing I had to learn for myself was um, that you have to kind of reach reach out to people. Sometimes we get stuck in these and in our own emotions and our own feelings, and we feel like uh, no, nobody understand. And people That's don't right. understand because we're not letting them understand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes we really do need that time to ourselves. But after a while, you got to come out that hole because you you get accustomed to being alone, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. dangerous for real. Because once you're so comfortable being alone, then you just automatically shut people out without even knowing that you shut people out. Right. So I just really want to explain to people that it's real. Like depression is real. Mm-hmm. Depression is something that you don't know you're going through because you're just living your daily routine, your daily life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like a lot of celebrities speak about depression now. And, right. And it, it, it's different from you know you can watch a celebrity tell you about depression, but at the end of the day. We look at them as celebrities still, and they got millions of dollars in the bank, and right. they can still go do this and do that compared to being somebody you actually know, somebody that you're close to. I feel like they touch, they touch home more mm-hmm. compared to you know trying to look at a celebrity lifestyle or somebody that can spend that hundred thousand dollars per year to you know for a psychiatrist or whatever the case is. So that, that's pretty much my angle right now, just really just letting people know that we all go through the same thing, and it's something that we, that need to be speak, spoke about. How did you know you were depressed, Antoine? First, it started off with um, my mom telling me that maybe I was suffering from um, PTSD. Mm-hmm. I really didn't think about it at first, <clears throat> but I always thought that was something that you know soldiers go through. Right. And it's, it's really not it's just something that's tragic that affects your life, period. But you know what's interesting to me? He said he thought that's what soldiers go through. Mm-hmm. You are a soldier, right? How about right. that? Yeah. You yeah. are a soldier, right? We think soldier is just military or right. but anybody that is fighting something, mm-hmm. you're a soldier. Not only are you a soldier, you're a survivor of that that war, so to speak. Because just as his mom, I didn't know that it was as in in, in depth as it was. I just knew my child was sad. I just knew that he was really having a hard time with his dad's transition because he is the oldest. And he was like he said he was the very last one to see our his dad he was mm-hmm. the last one to kind of send him off mm-hmm. so and then he was the last one to kind of like so um as his mom you know and, and as a parent you know I, he put up a post the other day that was just so first of all i love when my children express themselves because again it's not for us it's not for us just to show you know it is for other people because everybody is silently suffering through something mm-hmm. so he put up a post the other day and it touched me because as a mom you know you have children mm-hmm. and as a mom you know and I've known you since I was little, so you know that I was superhero to my like my kids said I'm on the way, I'm I'm fixing whatever, but I can't fix this, right? Right? And so just watching your children have to um, walk this type of walk, and there's nothing you can do except pray, which is the ultimate thing to do. I thought it was, and I would tell him, you have to express yourself. He he's he he has he's really good with the music, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so 
I didn't know that my child was literally suffering alone silently because he did not. You didn't say anything. But why didn't you want to feel like you like you could share that? It, it was it was it wasn't even about not being able to share, it was just not being aware of what I was going through myself mm-hmm. for the most part. And even with when when we lost his pops, it was like um, I was the last one. Like I was the last son to speak to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen my dad that day. We talked. You know, we had like a real live man to man son father conversation. And I losing that same day on top of losing my pops the same day. You know, you give me the call and. Even when you gave me that call and you screaming, it took me back to when we lost TL. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing almost, except we was younger, we was in the house and you were mm-hmm. screaming upstairs. Mm-hmm. So it kind of took me back. Yeah. Too, so, so it was yeah. like kind of hit differently. And even, you know, after like I was the last one to, you know, walk away from the casket and uh, when we went to go view the body, I was the last one, you know, to, to you know, look away, look, walk away from my pops then. So a lot, I did a lot of stuff that the oldest should have did, but I, at the end of the day, it was like, I still, I feel like I didn't have nobody to, you know, express that too because mm-hmm. I was the oldest I feel like I had to take a lot of stuff on first and doing that you don't have time for yourself so with me doing that so much like continuously for like what like a year and a half or so I just slowly started breaking down without knowing I was breaking down like I really didn't want to go out as much I really didn't I just weren't there no more like as far as like music and stuff for a moment you know I was supposed to have that was like my outlet for a minute but even that was just like it wasn't enough to replace my pops like it wasn't enough to, for that void that I feel like I was missing which was my pops because at the end of the day there's no other man or, you know, or, or or male role model for me that I feel like I was able to just fully just speak to. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was just, I didn't, I didn't have it. So what, so, and then could you, can you speak to um, uh, um, what it was like to being the oldest and then feeling like you have to now kind of like take your dad's place as far as with the family, with your mom, with me? With the with your brothers, I know that's heavy too. All of that adds to the pressure and the depression and the the stress of things too. Well, the one the one thing I did know was that that one thing pops always told me was me and my brothers are different. So no matter what, I can tell my brothers something, but they still got to walk their own truth. They still got to walk their own walk. Mm-hmm. So I could tell them something, but that was, that's not enough to you know ease that pain of what they're going through. They all, I mean, we all know that. We lost our pops and we all hurting, but we hurt differently. Because mm-hmm. even though that's our pops, we all had different relationships with our dad. Mm-hmm. So it was just, they got to, you know, they had to go through their own experience and they still going through their own experience. But for me, it was just more so about being available. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like people was worried about like me not speaking to them, but people didn't know that you wouldn't hear from me for maybe like a week, two weeks. That's right. That's right. And it was just like, I just didn't know how to speak. You know, when you see as a child, watch your mom hurt, it's different. I feel like it's different. You know, like a mom... Or a parent, you know, they always there to, you know, comfort the child. But as a, for me, I tell everybody, me watching you lose pops, it was like a, a whole different dynamic for me because it was, I know what you lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like everybody else knew what you lost. So it was like, for me, it was just harder. You know, I'm trying to help you out and do all this and do all that. Mm-hmm. And the mean, and the means, well, my brother's still going through their own thing. And I feel like, you know, are they not doing this? Are they not doing that? But mm-hmm. My brothers was hurting as well. They didn't. Right. They in the same boat as me. Like they don't know what to do either. Right. Like you know, it's, it's everybody got to find their own way of coming out of whatever situation they in. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, so let it was me hard. ask you a question. I'm sorry, Antoine. Um, I posted a post today that said something about we as parents. I don't know if it was we as mothers or we as parents never stop worrying about our children, even when they're adults. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it is easier? To see your child go through, not easier, that's not the right word, but but 
when your child is going through something, is it easier as an adult or when they're children to try and help them get through this pain? Because we sort of prepare them for adulthood, but this is something that you can't prepare your children for. You can't prepare yourself for it. Mm -hmm. So my children are, I have one semi-adult, but my kids are 18 and 15. How do you get them so far to this point to where they can walk by themselves or I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you asking, are you saying like, does the pain, is it, is it, um, easier when they're younger to watch them kind of go through things? Or? Like if you had a child that was depressed when they were younger, 15, mm-hmm. 16, mm-hmm. and they were going through something, maybe a breakup or something mm-hmm. like that versus 32 years old and trying to get through not having his dad there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Is it? I think for me, because, um, you know, our children went through that. They went through breakups. You know, we've been, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've seen all of the breakups, all, all of that stuff. And, it was, um, it was, it was, it was that, I mean, in, in that moment, that's hard. But at the same time, I didn't have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I can say, go call your daddy or Devin, or we can talk to them together. Or they still had their dad to go to. They talked to their dad a lot. I mean, they were, my kids were, were daddy's boys, so they were really mm-hmm. close to their dad. So it's just like for me to watch them now as their mom. And there are times when my children, all of them, like I had a conversation last night with with our with um, his younger brother or, our, or one of our younger sons. I think I sent you the conversation. Mm-hmm. That I know you read it like, oh mm-hmm. my God, like that was, you right. know. And as their mom, and I know that they don't want to see me hurt. I don't want to see them hurt. So I think they, that, that they kind of had a little bit Mm-hmm. hurt for me and I kind of had a little bit trying to you know but when they were younger I still had their dad to say go Devin they're going through this because as men I'm not a man right and they like my son said I still need my father as an adult mm-hmm. so it's it, I think it's harder I think this is harder watching them um, as they grow in this pain but then at the same time to watch them grow through it and see what they are turning into is absolutely amazing too to just mm-hmm. and I had to realize that I have to let them I have to it's almost like when you're pregnant when when you're pregnant and your child has to go through certain stages in the womb you can't stick your hand in there and and do stuff inside the womb you have to allow that child to to develop into this baby mm-hmm. right so to speak so um, did that answer your question? Yeah, I, I I think it did. I mean, you know, we can never see what's coming around the corner. And I can only imagine some of the things with my kids being so much younger, what they're going to have to experience Absolutely. and go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope that I have the strength and the wherewithal as you do to. And we don't know. You know, we, right. we talk about this. I talk about this on my broadcast that. We know we don't know what we will do until we have to know what we will do. We mm-hmm. people, like he said, people could tell us all day long, "Oh, you still doing this? You still doing that? You just, just go move. I mean, just, just move along. Just no one can tell you how to do this. No mm-hmm. one can. T- I can't. I can't even tell because guess what? I have not lost my dad, right. so I can't even tell my children how to grieve their father because I'm not a, I'm not a son that lost their dad. Right. And they have, I mean, I think like because they have, because it's, it's three it's, it's, it's three more of them that they can kind of, you know, like they kind of know a little bit of what each other feel, where it's just me, so to speak. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the only wife, mm-hmm. right? So I think that it's very dynamic that Antoine has decided to um, operate in this movement, Brown, what you want to call it. But I want you to talk a little bit about what, what God has given you to now 
like part of your assignment, what you want to do with what you walked. Because like we, like I always say, whatever your story is up to this very moment is attached to your purpose. Whatever the story, whatever, whatever your life has been up to this moment and beyond, but right now is what is attached to our assignment. Whether we walk in it or not, it doesn't matter. It's still attached to it. So what, what I want you to explain what your movement is, your brand, what your podcast, he has his own podcast coming up. I don't know when he's going to debut, but, um, so I want you, I want you, I would like for you to tell the people what God has given you to now do. Pretty much just, um, you know, just bring it to awareness that we all go through things and especially depression because it is real. They it's just take, real. it's like an out of body experience for real. Mm-hmm. And people don't know that they're going through it. And I, um, for me, I, you know, I have a, a close friend of mine that who lost his father and he was hospitalized due to depression. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God I didn't have to sit in no hospital and be attached to anything, but it's that real, like, you know, to see see somebody else go through something. Even even watching my own friend, you know, have to sit in the hospital after losing his dad lets me know that how real it is because you don't you, you we all know that we lose our parents, but the timing sometimes is just like mm-hmm. it's hard. Like I, I even know a guy and he's like forty plus and he lost his father and it, and it broke him down too. So it really is not no it's not an age on depression or it's not an age on the effect of losing a parent. It affects you, period. So, I basically wanted to start my podcast, which is Raw, Real, Real Always Winning, because I just feel like the real always overcome everything. Right now, we in these, you know, these technology times where everybody seemed happy, but mm-hmm. sometimes the people that's happy, the most happiest um, out here on these on these internets, mm-hmm. is, is going through the most for real. Absolutely. So we cover yes. it up. We able yes. to cover up our pain and stuff with Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. or whatever other mm-hmm. outlet people are using. But I don't really feel like anybody just actually being like, hey. That's it. I'm you. Like I'm I'm hurting too. That's like right. you know, I That's right. My depression was so real that but I think my my depression was real, but I think that the strength that I have, you know, mentally mm-hmm. kept me from going overboard. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was so like I knew it was like I knew like what I wanted to do to myself, but I knew that I couldn't do certain things mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. Just the, the will and just being strong. I feel like, you know, even being in, you know, separated from people, I, I know that me doing something to myself, the effect that it would do to other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept that in mind too. And, and even when we are at our lowest point, it's still a piece of us that's like, nah, not yet. Like, this ain't it. Or sometimes you got to tell yourself, like, oh, I'm tripping. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, get outside, breathe. Even if you got to get up, get outside and just walk. You got to do something to where you're not settling your, yourself or keeping everybody out your life because people, like I said, people feel like, are oh, you being distant? Mm-hmm. But you're going through something, but people don't know that you're not expressing it to people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose real always winning, being raw, meaning just being open, being vulnerable. You got to be because nobody's perfect and everybody go through the same thing, no matter if you try to mask it or not. Once that, once you're alone, you feel it. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting alone and, and your voice starts speaking to you and you you hearing them thoughts, it's real. And I think too, it's interesting because I never like to say depressed because, you know, I don't claim that type of stuff. It doesn't mean that you don't go through it, but I don't claim it as belonging to me because I know it's all spiritual too. And, and, and a lot of this stuff is attached to, you know, the circumstance. Like, you know, when you lose someone that that's, that that's part of the thing, part of it. But like you said, it's like, what do we do to, to move beyond that? What do we do to, to not sit in that? And as you know, we all know, like Tracy knows, like there are moments when it's okay. And there are moments when I can't even move like you, like there are moments when you, but like, it's like, it's like, what do we do? Like, how do we, how would you suggest someone, like, what we, 
will be a step you would suggest for someone to do when they are feeling like, because I didn't even know that I was, the, I didn't want to call it that. I, cause I, I know it's grief, but grief and depression walks they like Siamese twins to me. They so like we we, close. we grieve and then after you grieve, if you're not, you know, doing your part of like just reaching out or mm-hmm. being being vocal about your situation, that's when the depression kick in. Once you start sitting alone all the time and mm-hmm. you're not keeping yourself active, you got to stay active no matter what. Once you start sitting alone and you and you sell yourself, mm-hmm. that's when it starts. That's when the rooms start closing in. That's when you mm-hmm. just sit there and you're watching TV and you're, you're just listening to the same thing or you're just not coming out that shell, like, you have to get out. Like, you can't sit in one spot. You got to move around. So I think the first thing to do is stay active. Keep yourself motivated. Keep yourself moving. Do something instead of just shutting down. And I feel like also you got to take yourself out of it. You can't really rely on nobody else to to, t- to get you out of it. You got to get out of, out of that yourself. Like, even if you do speak to somebody, you still got to go back and sit alone. Yeah, so then you, after you're yeah. done talking to somebody, you go back and you sit alone. And then what? Mm-hmm. It's closing back in on you again. So you got to be one with yourself, too, and be like, hey, I got to get up. Mm-hmm. I got to do something, even if that's, you know, listening to something, some music that's going to uplift you or reading one of your favorite books that's uplift you or getting on Instagram and getting on your favorite person page. You got to do something that's going to uplift you and, and keep you from letting that room close in on you because the, the more you sit alone, the, the more you get comfortable in it. And that's like the worst thing, just being comfortable being alone. Like I told you last time, I just want to be alone. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable with it, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I got kids and I got brothers, I got friends, I got a lot of people that still be like, bro, what you doing? Like, what's what's going on? Where you been at? So, you know, that's just, you got to get yourself out of it first and you got to stay active. But I think too, what helps because I, because I mean, as you guys know, when your dad's first transition, like, you know, the people that came in immediately kind of kept me moving. Like that's, that is, you right. That's when there were, and there were many times when I would be like, I don't like, but they would be like, no, like, no. So you have to have people that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing if you have people that I don't care if you say, I don't want to move. They knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. If if you say, I don't, they come into your house. If you, if they, if you want to sit quietly, I'm going to sit quiet with you. That is important. We need to be what we want for other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't want to be that because it's too heavy. They don't want to deal with it. They don't. But guess what? Life happens to everybody. I'm not saying it's going to be depression, but life happens to us all, right? So we have to be, you know, as, as I say, be the change that we want. Be that. And I just think that um, because it is easy to sit and then one day turn into another, then the next day turn into a week, then it's a month. Because I know that, you know, I have many times when I'm, sometimes I don't even answer my phone and you know, I had like Valerie, she'll she'll be at my house because we talk so much. And it's like, hold on. Or or she'll notice that she hasn't been on social media today. Even, you know how you can see like the, like the active time. And she'll say, wait a minute. Like, that's what you need. Because like you said, we, you can't not, you cannot do it by yourself. And of course, you know, you know, my faith is is extremely to the, through, um, through the roof. So, um, you have a question for me? Yeah, I just, in listening to this, I never really knew that there was a difference between grief and depression. You just painted it all with one brush. I thought it was the same thing. And I'm just sitting here like, well, I guess there is a difference. You know what I, and what I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, what I realized is that grief is a form of love. Mm-hmm. Right? I if you think that. about it, and then, and then, let me explain. Grief is the opposite of, is, is not the opposite, but it's the, it's the, re, it's, it's the, help me, it's, it's the, not the opposite, because the opposite of love is hate. Grief is a big, because when you grieve someone, especially when you grieve deeply, it's it's because you love them. Mm-hmm. You don't grieve nothing that you don't love. 
Right. And I, and I believe that the depth of the grief can be the depth of the love. Right. Yeah, now, grieving because grieving is not wrong because some people never get over their grief. Ever. And, 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 and again, but like he said that, but that's also a choice. You have to mm-hmm. because there are stuff that's things that you have to do. Now, I don't believe that you would ever get over grief. I don't believe that grief will ever go. I believe that it changes. I believe that, it. you know, you have moments where it changes. Um, we're going to read some comments where, where it changes. And um <laughs> I'm sorry, I read my comments, but I don't think that you ever fully get over grief. I mean, what do you think? No, you, you you definitely don't get over it, and I I don't think it get easier either. But mm-hmm. it is something you know how you learn to live with after a while. But for me, as I get older, I realize that that's when I certain things I think about my pops more compared to you know it's just it it, it definitely it I don't want to say it get harder. It just doesn't get easier. I'll say that like it just doesn't get easier. It's something you just have to learn to live with. Mm-hmm. Right, and you have it, to learn. That's the way, best way to put it. Like you, is is. You never forget. You never forget. You never getting over that. You always thinking about it. So it, it's never going to be like <sighs> you right, just you right. just know how to live with it. Then and you, right. and you can you can share that experience with somebody else. You can you know tell somebody else what you're going through. But it's just never. It's a you just make adjustments. You never get through it. You just never get through it. What would you say are some key things that you can offer other people who are watching someone else go through depression? Like what would be some like like if you because because again I, I remember. I don't know when it was. It was some month because for because I noticed a change in you when because you know Dev and Tron, I said I'm calling Devin and Tron and I would talk a lot. I mean you know I I don't bother my kids a lot. I mean and and I know that they're watching me and because social media they get to watch me a little bit more. Kind of like okay let me see mine okay. Um, but I remember it was some maybe like around Thanksgiving last year. I feel like I don't know, but he got quiet on me. Like mm-hmm. I would text, he wouldn't respond. Not a big deal because I mean my kids don't have to respond like immediately, but. He kind of started getting quiet. I would call. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't respond. And I, you know, and, and I kind of felt like he's just kind of doing this little thing. He kind of, you know. And I think it went, It was like some weeks. I think I called um, his girlfriend and I said, what's going on with my son? And she was like, he just been sleeping. He go to work. He sleep. He's just been quiet. He don't want to talk to me. And I said, I'm coming over. You remember I just mm-hmm. came over your house? He was in the bed. And it was, a, it was, it was sunny. It was, it was cold, but it was sunny. He was in the bed. And... I walked in the room and it was shades pulled and he was asleep. And so it, it would look like someone, because he works third shift, right? So it would look like someone who's just tired from work. Mm-hmm. But because I know that that's our dynamics are different. And I came in, turned on the lights and start, we started, you know, talking. Started, he started telling me, opening up and telling me like, this is, you know, as, as a mom, I know my children. I mean, they're right. grown, but I still, they, I, I birthed them. Right. And so I still know them a little, you know, as far as certain things. And, and I, and then the Holy Spirit was like, Mm-mm. so we, you know, so we talked and then he kind of started coming back, come, come back around. Then he went back into it again a little bit. He went into it again for a little bit. Just, and what I mean in it, it's just kind of like quiet, mm-hmm. not really responding to texts or calls. I mean, he's still going to work and living his life, but it's just kind of like, and then you sent us the text. This is what it was. He sent us a text because we have a group text with me and the kids. Mm-hmm. And one day, and he, this, he finally, oh, I don't know when that was. But he sent us a text in a in a video of kid. It was a kid Cuddy. Somebody mm-hmm. was going through depression. Kid Cuddy. And he sent us this video. And he was like, all it said was, This is what this is what I've been going through. I want y'all to know. And I watched it. And I had no idea that it was like that. Because I thought it was just grief. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was grief and depression. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. So I remember and so we all, you know, we talked about it. And so, um, and so he's been kind of, and praise God, he hasn't needed any medicine, right? Yeah. He hasn't needed, you know, and, and and don't feel like because you have depression, you have to get medicine. All it's, you know, um, 
But so what would you tell someone who who is trying to be there for someone who says, leave me alone, go away. I don't feel like talking. I don't want to do this. I'm I'm all right. Like, what would you suggest someone do? Someone who's trying to be the helper for that person. You you got to give them space, though. You can't, you, you can never force it on, on someone because that's, they want to push you away more if you know, they need to, sometimes they need the space. You, you give them that space for a minute, but that don't mean that you stop trying to be there. Right. Like you still, you know, they leave me alone for a minute. The first time around, okay, leave them alone for a while. Let them go ahead and go, see what they're going through, but don't just back away. Mm-hmm. Give them their time and then you come back and, hey, I'm checking on you. Then they turn you down again. That's when you got to put your foot down a little bit. Hey, mm-hmm. you're not yourself. What's going on? And you got to kind of make them come out of it a little bit. But for the most part, you can't just, you know, push the issue on somebody because you don't know the dynamics of what they're going through. So if they want to be left alone for a minute, let, leave them alone for a minute. Let them figure out what they're going through. But like I said, still be there. Just don't, you know, breathe, breathe on their neck and all that. You got to let, you know, and I think it's, it's small steps person, with it. Yeah. And knowing the person too, like, because you kind of know how to kind of how that person, like if you know that person, like you'll know when it's too much. Or you will know when it's like, I don't care what you say. I'm coming. I'm going. Like like that day when I went to his house. I'm mm-hmm. said, it, I'm co- you make sure you have to the bust door. the door down. Like, I'm mm-hmm. coming. And then, I don't know if you want to, uh, well, and then a few, about a month or so ago, we had a, another breakthrough um, without going, because that's what he talked about on his show, but we had a breakthrough where just as a mom, um, it was one Sunday, we had went to my mom's house, me, it was just me and my mother, and, she, and my son called me, and he was meeting me over my mom. Well, he wasn't meeting me, but we were all going to my, over my mom's house. And okay. it was just very random because, TJ, go over there. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> it was just uh, very random. No, it was um, it was random. So we go over there, long story short. And so my child walked in the door. I could see I could see that it was a little bit of heaviness on him, frustration mm-hmm. with other stuff too. But just as a mom, I just know when my children are kind of moving a certain way. And then I, could see, then I have another ram. I'm angry into that. But anyway. And so we had a breakthrough that day. And so, but before that happened, I remember I was at home, maybe like, I don't know, a few weeks before, and I was praying, I was doing my praise and worship. And I literally, this is, I heard God say, your children need you. And, but, but, but I'm thinking like, they have me. And I heard this, your children still need you, right? And I'm thinking like, okay. And so then when my son, so that Sunday when we we're all over my mom's, it was just me. It was just three of us. Now, it was supposed to have been like my other son, but nobody mm-hmm. else came because that's the way God set it the up. The one who needed you the exactly. most. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I saw, I just saw this, I saw the weight. Mm-hmm. I saw, it's like I could literally, like if I could really see it like in a physical room, it was like I just saw everything. Like it was just on him, shoulders head just on him in his heart just on him on him on him and I and we had a whole breakthrough and I just got my son so I saw him tear up that's something else me and you need to know you can do you can cry you have tear ducts for a reason okay that's right um so I saw him tear up and I just got and, and I was calm I just got up and I went over there and I just held my son like a baby like I just put him right here and I ain't let him go until I felt like I could let him go I just held him and I have not held done that not like I mean we hug and stuff but not like that because we are I mean we do hug and I hug my kids now so just so y'all know um but I held him like he was because th- this is my first born the first child that I had at 16 right the very first kid that came out of my body the very first child that hurt my heart from the inside so I knew as his mother and it's like when I when I was just holding him and praying I could just feel as a mom I just felt it's hard to really explain it 
It's hard to explain. Did you it. feel the weight lift? I felt like he just, it was like he needed, because he don't have his daddy. Because that's mm-hmm. something that Devin would have done too. Right. But I felt like in that moment, he just needed his mama. Right, he just needed, and I felt like it was just melting. At like, thirty-two years old, he still needed that. It you, still happens. We will always need our mama boys. and our daddy, and that's mm-hmm. why they hurt because they don't get to have their dad. Right, right. And so I think it's very powerful. Um, his his movement, his his now his calling that he that he God has given him. Say hello that to he your is mom. Going she to, just um, came on. That he is going to be able to now help other people. Yeah, for the most part, you know, just and just. Getting other people that I know that's, that's been through things similar or, or going through things, I want to be able to let them speak their truth too because when we're going through something, we don't feel like people going through it or mm, been through it either. That's good, yeah. You feel like you just like only you. Your, yes. It's like it, oh, it's only me, nobody yes. else going through it. And that's just yep. not the case. So, that's right. Like I said, when you hear it from somebody that you know or that you know is real relatable, it, it touches more, it means more. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I want to do. I want to get, get everybody a chance to speak their truth, you know, because we got to. It's more than just going out and partying, you know, I even I even stopped smoking just to, you know, that's what something I would have did, set alone, you know, and smoke. Mm-hmm. And I but now it's like I just fall back and sit in I, I sit in peace, but it's different peace now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a comfortable peace now. It's, it's a, a relaxed peace now. Like uh, you know, after, you know, them them long days of work, it's a ha, ah, I get to sit down. It's not a a shell sit down. Mm-hmm. Cause on Fridays now I still we one of my boys that called me up, we'll slide down to privilege, go get some food and Probably have a couple of drinks and I'm I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know I don't need the big crowds no more and all that. I mean it's cool, but I'm just comfortable now. Mm-hmm. I'm able to go ahead and speak my truth now. That's how I feel. And that's so freeing when you it's it's very freeing when you can speak your truth and nobody else can hold your truth over your head or not even your truth what they deem your truth over you when you can just because again there are so many people out here front fronting stunting flossing my whatever you call it <laughs> pretending that they that that is always lit mm-hmm. and i think Living one of the best two, i think one of right and i think one of the things that makes my story so powerful on my social media is that i share i don't share a lot i mean i share a lot but I don't share nowhere near like but i do share enough to where people can can say i am not alone this lady mm-hmm. can do this or do that and she's operating. I can do it too. So yeah. we have to, our stories are not for us to just hold to ourselves. And even when people going out, you know, they go out and they party and do it on the, on the constant. That's a cover up too. Mm-hmm. That, they they masking pain like that too. Self-medication. You, know, you like you, okay. you, because you don't want to, some people don't want to sit alone because right. they're scared to hear them voices mm-hmm. in their head. They're scared That's of their conscience. They don't want to hear that. So, mm-hmm. What they do, they they go out, they party, they what we doing this weekend, what we doing tomorrow. Like running. they need to, they need that for themselves to keep themselves going. And sometimes it's, it's the reverse. Maybe we need to fall back from that mm-hmm. and listen to what's going on in your head and hear them voices so you can get a clearer head. And then you can go back to party and turn it up because right now you're not really enjoying yourself because you're masking pain. Mm-hmm. So once you know how to deal with the pain, then everything else becomes easier. And then you be able to, you know, do what you want to do freely. Did you feel like there would be some type of stigma by you being a young black man? You know, you know, your dad is who your daddy is. Well, you know, it was your mom is who she is. Do you feel like it would have been that it was like, I can't really, I can't, I can't really share this because people may feel or think a certain thing. No, I, I never, I didn't, I never cared for real. I just, you know, I just always been private, period. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. I just always been private. But as I got older and I, and, and I did go through it, that's when I knew, that's when I knew for myself, like, all right. I'm going through something. And people, and so one person said to me, like, oh, you don't go on Google, but 
Google was how I found out I was depressed. Mm. Wow. You put me onto the PSC uh, thing. PTSD. Yeah, you put me onto that, and then it was like, okay, it's, it's something else. Mm-hmm. I was talking to depression with somebody. I forgot who it was, and I, I looked it up. I just looked at what what is mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. and I just and it, it popped up some more things with mental illness and all that. And but the depression and what it broke down is for I was like, that's what I'm going through. That's mm-hmm. how I knew. I was like, all right. And the PTSD, for those who don't know, is post traumatic syndrome, post traumatic stress, stress disorder. 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 And anyone that has been through anything traumatic can have PTSD. It could be a car accident. It could be some just whatever is traumatic. Yeah. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be like I say that during the service. Anything traumatic. And um so what happens is later, like it hits you later and you start feeling these things that you did not maybe feel while you were in the battle, in the fight, mm-hmm. in the war. So you feel these things. And it can happen years. It can take it don't have to be it could be years later. One thing I told my children from the very beginning is do not cover up how you feel. You you feel whatever, whenever. I don't care if you can race, go speak on stage. If you have to get, you do not hold it in. It's like holding in vomit because that is, that's how we heal. That's how, right. that's how you heal is to release. It's so freeing when you, listen, like you said, now the celebrities are talking about it more. So it's like, oh, now the celebrities are talking about it. Now it's okay to be depressed. But like you said, there are regular people, I mean, we're not regular, but I'm just saying, there are people who are, you know, their 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 stage is not, may, may not be, you know, in the limelight. So for those people, does that mean that their situation is not valid or not real or they don't have a voice? So I love that you are going to give people a voice um, to really talk about it and be safe and feel safe to say, this is what I'm doing without someone. Because, you know, back in the day, if we were in school, if somebody said, well, I've wanted to just hurt myself, you're going to the hospital. Right. And staying at least for 48 hours. Minimum. Because you can be in that place in that moment, but not need to be hospitalized mm-hmm. because that's where you are in that moment. Right. And if you don't know how to release it, like you say, talk. and my children are very, are very talented. So he has a gift of, of writing like his dad. And I tell him, get it out. He has to get it out. He has to get it out. So um, one of the things about PTSD for me, um, back in 1997, I had a head on collision on the Ronald Reagan Highway on um, ice. And it is one of the reasons today why I don't drive on the highway much. And I have a few friends that laugh and say, girl, you don't drive on the highway. She worse than grandma. I, I Hey, it, it takes a lot for me to get on the highway. And yeah, no, but not, not. It, it's real. Yeah, I it mean, is. it comes and it goes. And I try and make myself get out there so I can deal with this That's stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to make yourself do things or you will always be, yes. what's the word, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Fear will paralyze you. Depression can mm-hmm. paralyze you. And you just have to make yourself get out there mm-hmm. and just face those fears. And, and that's not, that's what I do every day. And it's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy at all. Um, so what would you like? Okay, so first of all, um, when is your podcast going to start? Working people get it? Like, like, like how is that kind of like what? Like, how is that going to kind of flow? I guess. Question. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going I'm to post it on my Instagram and I'll let you post it on your Instagram mm-hmm. and other stuff too when I started. But um. I'm definitely going to do it through my YouTube mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it through IGTV. Mm-hmm. Just the easy outlet because I don't do Facebook at all. I never did, never will. Right. But that's going to be the two things. I want to have the exact date because I want to talk to a couple people because I, I do want to start off with a couple people, as I told you. Mm-hmm. One being my boy. I ain't going to say his name yet. Right. And I got another friend. I want her to do it with me too. So once I get them on board, then I'll go ahead and give you the first two date. Yeah. So um, you said it's called Raw, Real. Always Winning. That's pretty dope. How'd you come up with that? I really don't know. I just real always winning. Mm-hmm. 
As simple as that. It was like raw. I wanted to be raw, and I just kind of thought of something. An acronym. And it was just like real always winning. People need acronyms, don't you think? Um, because time. people need to understand what, you know, what your movement is or what your, I don't want to say, is it a movement? I don't know, brand. It could turn into your, a movement. Your, I mean, I call it a movement because, like you said, because it's even like with what I have on it, it's, it's bigger than just, you know, a name. Right. I just feel like even if PG. even if you're not even if you're not speaking to nobody else, you got to be real with yourself first. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because like, how can you be real with anybody if you're not being real with yourself? That's so right. it start with self first, and then you go forward from there. I like that. And so real always win. Like you said, if you're real with yourself, you gonna win. That's right. I like that. That's, I, this is gonna take off, and it's gonna be a movement. And I hope Antoine that you really get some men to admit what they're yes, going through because be at the end of the day it's going to make them stronger and we mm-hmm. need strong black men out here mm-hmm. you know and all of us got sons so it's important mm-hmm. that you know you let all them know the that mm-hmm. you know you can cry that you're going to yes. go through stuff yes, yes. it's, it's alright to be yes. feel down sometimes like it's okay to be down sometimes yes. too like it's yes. like that's, it's okay right. like it's not nothing it's nothing wrong with being sad mm-hmm. that's part of your emotion that's why we have emotions so right. you know it, it's nothing wrong with feeling like oh man not today mm-hmm. You get, sometimes it's just not the day, mm-hmm. so it, that's that, it's cool. Like if you if every day is the day, then how you do you know it's not the day? Right, that's right. That's like that's like how we talk about um you know with the sun. The sun can't shine all the time, right? That's right. So but it's always I, there. I think that um, we can wrap it up, but I think that this was an absolute amazing kickstart to kind of launch his podcast. Um, when he told when he told me like, mom, I think I want to do my own podcast and have my own. And I was like, well, you have to introduce it on our show. Like we have to talk about it on our platform um, because again, it is so, it is silent. And people think that because you talk, you know, talk about being sad, people run from people who are sad. Mm -hmm. But guess what? One day you're going to be sad too. And sadness isn't a choice. Happiness is, but sadness is, I'm going to say this something and I'm going to let you, sadness is not a choice. Sadness is what comes with that thing that happens, whatever that thing is, right, is 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 attached to sadness. Comes with that. Unhappiness is another choice. It's another choice. Like that is a choice. We can choose to be happy or not. So I think it's very amazing, and I am so so honored to be. You know, I could just see Devin now. If Devin was here, he'd be like, "Yeah, so so uh, you know, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know." He would have really been extremely. But I'm very 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 proud of you. You know, just watching you as your mom um, and your brothers, just watching you guys. Because I'm watching you guys fight too. I'm watching you guys push. I'm watching you guys persist until something happens. And we don't, we don't, like, like Tracy say, we can't see what you say. We can't see. We can't see to the corner. We can only see to the corner, but God sees around the corner. But you have to get to the corner. And only get to the mm-hmm. corner is to push. Right? right. So just as your mom, I'm so proud of you. I love y'all to the moon and beyond. And, you know, I try to, you know, sometimes kind of stand in as their mom and their dad, but I can never be their dad, right? And I'm just, it's amazing watching them, watch what their dad put in them come out because all of them are so much like their dad just watching these different levels. So like I say, my children have sons. So um, I'm just very, very proud of you and I love you. That's my baby. Um, thanks for this. I needed this today. Keep moving, y'all. It's powerful. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can catch this on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And also, it's going to be on my YouTube station. Um, you have any final? You want to say anything? You want to go? Oh, what's your what's your Instagram or your social media handles if you want someone to follow you? Uh, they, they can reach me at, uh, on Instagram, Beast underscore 513. Beast underscore 513. Check him out, y'all. He, and he's dope. He's his daddy's son. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
We love Antoine. I, yeah. I just, I'm stuck on 32. I just. Almost, it'd be, and that's what, he, that's 32 and a half. He'd be 33 <laughs> in April in what, I less just, than five I months? I can't. I know, he, I got a child almost 40 years old. That was our road dog. I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, it was. That was our little baby. He remember how to scratch your hands up real oh, bad. And my ankles. What else? Yes. <laughs> and told my sister, or was it me? Your hair is in a circle. Yeah. Oh, you remember that? He remember. He was little. Yeah, he, don't really, he don't really forget too much of nothing. She had her hair wrapped around. You said you said yeah, your hair is in, in a circle. circle. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, thank you, son. Any final th- words? We have about a good two minutes. Uh, my first, my first episode will be me and my brothers, though. Love That's it. how I'm gonna definitely start off my my podcast. And when and brothers. when with that, like, what's your you have anticipated uh, anticipate launch date? No, no, yeah, we we we'll, we we'll let them know. We we'll let them know. I gotta get my brothers on board. That's gonna be the first episode, though. I feel like that's, that's the best way to start off with me and my little brothers. Well, I told Red and he was down. He wanted to come today. I was like, your brother said go to work. <laughs> yeah, he gotta get that money. <laughs> get that money. Go on to work, boy. Go on to work. He was like, uh, 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 uh. Brother said go to work. So not be, and you know, and we know Ryan to be on board. So, all right, guys. Well, this is our season. Two, our first episode was pretty powerful. What you think? Very powerful. Very, very dynamic. Kicking the door down on season Kicking two. Kicking the door. Okay. So we will be back next month, episode two, um, season two, y'all. It's the Pride Great. This is your girl, Kimberly Nicole Johnson. And Tracy from Cincinnati. So I pray to God away so I can see tomorrow, 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 tomorrow.